This is Chad Harrison, and you're listening to Hope Alive, applying God's word to your daily life. Hi, this is Chad Harrison, and I am the teaching pastor of Lake Community Church and have been serving as a pastor for 25 years. I'm also a practicing attorney. This podcast is designed to help you study God's word and find God's will for your life. I pray in the name of Jesus right now that God would open up his word to you and allow you to see him and to know him and to know his will, that you might glorify him and that you might walk in faith and power each and every day, especially today in Jesus name. Psalm 92, it is, it is a, a song for the Sabbath day. That means it's a song for worship. And very few of the Psalms actually have that as their heading. Remember, sometimes as you're looking at the book of Psalms, if you're reading it out of an actual hard copy script, there'll be usually a heading up there that kind of tells you what the Psalm is about. But then right before the uh, words, you'll have something that gives you the, gives you the, the writer sometimes. Other times it'll give you the, the it'll, it'll just go through and tell you something about the, that part right there that's right before the uh, psalm itself is actually in the Hebrew. It's actually there and it is, it is a part of scripture. So it is important that you take note of it. Anything that God writes is God, anything out of God's word that comes directly from the writer during the time where he's been inspired to uh, write scripture is important. So it says a psalm, uh, a song for the Sabbath day. So this would have been a song that they would have sung during worship. What we do during worship is not something that is new or unique. Now, so every church has some unique aspect to the worship happens there, even within denominations, even within denominations within certain areas. Worship is different every place you go. Maybe not totally different, but has some uniqueness to it. And then also worship is very similar, very similar. In almost everywhere you go, and you could go somewhere that's uh, two totally, two total ends of the spectrum, maybe different from each other. Take, for instance, if you were to go to a Catholic mass, or you were to go to a Pentecostal, a, a um, Pentecostal that is full-fledged Pentecostal worship service, you would see that there's a great deal of actual similarities in some of the things they do. There's going to be singing. There's going to be there's going to be a message uh, from someone. There's going to be usually some kind of symbolism. There's going to be a prayer. There's going to be usually some kind of giving to God. And as, as worship works itself out, the truth is that God has a prescribed way of worship and uh there are things that are necessary for you. Remember, worship is for you to come and meet with him and to glorify him. And there are things that are prescribed that help you perform worship well. And so he says, uh, it is good to give thanks to the Lord. Well, that's a good way to start, isn't it? It is good to give thanks to the Lord. And one of the ways we give thanks to the Lord is we be obedient to him by faith. The way words are great, actions are better. And so our words need to reflect our actions. And it, it and I have found in my life, it's very difficult <clears throat> for me to speak the words with my actions that are totally out of line with, with what I'm saying. And so he says, it is good to give thanks to the Lord. <clears throat> Which means we need to be about giving thanks to him in our with our voice and with our actions. And to sing praise to your name, O, o Most High. <clears throat> to declare your loving kindness in the morning 
and your faithfulness every night. Notice, <clears throat> worship is not it's uh it's not a, a a Sunday event. It is a it is a continual event of life. It is a continual event of life. It says on an instrument of ten strings, <clears throat> on the lute, on the harp, with harmonious sound. Notice one aspect of worship is music, and one of that one of the aspects of worship. Uh, that is being prescribed here is it's worship with with musical instruments, and notice you got the on a ten string instrument, stringed instruments. Apparently, God's good with he like he he likes he likes he's good with us having the guitar or the electric guitar, or the bass. By the way, we have need for a rhythm guitarist and a bass player. So if you know anybody out there, <clears throat> love to have them come and be a part of our worship on the loop. That's a wind instrument. By the way, the keyboard, the piano, is a stringed instrument also. On the harp, which is another stringed instrument, and also very similar to, in its sound, it can be very similar in its sound to the keyboard, to the, the piano, and with harmonious sound. Notice that God's into harmony. He's into not just us worshiping individually, he's into us worshiping together. And he's into us singing harmoniously. Now, you say, Pastor, what does that mean to sing harmoniously? Truth is, I, I really don't. I don't know. I don't, I've tried to know. I've tried to learn. I've tried in most every possible way I could. I, I don't. I, I. I don't know what that means. I, I don't know. I can't do it. I try. I, I just can't. So you know, people have gifts. That's not one of mine. So I don't even know. I, I try. I've heard what people think is. I've heard people, it's one of those things that when you describe it to somebody, they just don't get it. There's things that I describe to people and they just look at me like, I, I just don't get it at all. Harmony or even singing lead or uh, I, I just, I, I don't know. I don't know what that means. But we should do it if we can. So I, I don't think God condemns me because I can't. I think he knows that I can't. And I think that he really doesn't even try to make me do it. I, I just don't. Anyway, so let's move to verse four. Uh, for you, Lord, have made me glad through your works. Notice, notice our joy, our gladness, our, our, our peace, our happiness. It comes from where? It doesn't come from our work. It comes from his work. It comes from his work through us. And uh, God does not require our works. God requires our faithful obedience. And then he produces the work through us. He says, your thoughts are very deep. That's a, just an interesting line right there. Some, in some ways, it is, it's, it's out of place when we're talking about worship. But the truth is, it's not out of place. Because God, in his leading us through worship, and in his carrying us through worship, he does lead us to think deeply, to consider, to ponder the things of life, to question, to understand, to have revelation about the things that are going on in life and how and the word of God is has depth unknowable really un, 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 untapped depth depth that no man has really totally understood completely because it because God's depth of his revelation is completely deep it is fully and he says a senseless man does not know nor does a fool understand this I, I think of that that is very important. It's important to understand the, the depths of God's word and the depths of what he's got to say to us. 
and to walk with him and to see the world from his perspective. And he says a senseless man doesn't know that. And a, a foolish man doesn't understand that. He says, when the wicked spring up and when all the workers of iniquity flourish, it is that they may be destroyed forever. Notice, he, they, it is that, well, it's that, it's that God allows them to come up to prove that he is true and to wipe them out according to his holiness and his perfection. And I, 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 as I think about that, God allows certain things to, to rise up so that he can prove and show and really unveil the vanity of whatever he is allowed to ride up, rise up. He says, but you, Lord, are on high forevermore. Meaning, even though they're destroyed, he's still in control. He's still running the show. He says, for behold, your enemies, O Lord, for behold, your enemies shall perish. All the workers of iniquity shall be scattered. Notice there is a reckoning coming. There is a time coming that is going to bring about a, a finality to it. There is going to be a certainty to what is God and what is not God. And there's going to be a certainty to how that is going to play out in eternity. And there's going to be the stark contrast between the two. And the lines will not be blown. And God's enemies are going to be taken down to the lowest place. They're going to be cast into the lake of fire. And so there is a dividing line. And we need to know that dividing line. But my horn you have exalted like a wild ox. Notice, but my horn, you have my power, you've exalted like a wild ox. And we are. Oxen always bulls. They represent the flat, the power of fleshly man, okay? And, and God has exalted us even in the midst of, even in the midst of being fleshly. He, he, he has proven that he's able to overcome sin through us. There's the stark contract of the wicked that are going to hell. There's the, with the holiness of God. And then you have in the middle here that which should be uh, totally cut off, but God's grace and mercy changes it. And even in this psalm, even in this aspect of worship, where we go through the singing and then we go through understanding that God has depth, then we notice there's, even in this song, he's le it's leading you through an understanding. It's leading you through how, how to see things. There's the giving thanks. There's the singing of song. There is the understanding uh, that God has depth to what he's going to teach you and show you. And now it's going through, there is God, and then there's not God. And everything that is not God, everything that is separated from God is going to be brought down. And then in the middle of that is us. And we should be not God, but because of God's grace and mercy, we are being changed. And even though we have this wild ox flesh, this flesh that is powerful and, and seems to be untamable and, and bullheaded, it, 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 it is, it is being changed by God. He says, he says, I have been anointed with fresh oil. That is the picture of the, that, that, that the Old Testament picture of the New Testament filling of the Holy Spirit. The anointing of God and the filling of the Holy Spirit are, it, oil is a picture of the resonant, is a, a picture of the resonant power of the Holy Spirit. And then we being filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, being filled by the Holy Spirit, being made having a new human spirit made, being born again. Uh, that's a picture of that. And that's a picture of what God has done 
to change us being in that middle ground between enemies and darkness and and God. He says, uh, my eyes have also seen my desire on, on, uh, on my enemies. My eye also has seen my desire on my enemies. He says, my ear has my desire on the wicked who rise up against me. And notice there's that tension still there between the, our, 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 we're constantly looking out and seeing not only those who are against God, but having our eye on them and actually in some recognizing that we we're, we have those same aspects and qualities to who we are in our flesh and they rise up against us. And yet we still understand and see and, and even have some, in some ways, compassion on them, understanding that, that, but for God, we would be in the same, we would be heading down the same road. We'd be in the same position. He says, the righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. The righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. And, and that's a picture of uh, God's peace. That's a picture of that unitary power of God in us. He says, he shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Notice now, we've already dealt with the depths of God and the depths of his understanding and then this mystery of God's holiness and the sinfulness of the enemies of God and us being in the middle, being anointed by the Holy Spirit, but yet seeing the powers of darkness and understanding them and seeing that those we know are they're struggling with it. And then he and then understanding that ultimately the plan of God is to cause us to flourish like a palm tree, to grow like a cedar of Lebanon. I need to see these cedars. I I I, I always when it says the cedars of Lebanon, those are, it's always in a positive light. It's the strong timbers of, of that area. I, I need to know that. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of God. Notice when God plants you into his house, when he places you into his kingdom, we flourish there. And if you're not flourishing now, it's because you're not listening and being faithfully obedient to what he's got to say. You're not allowing your will to be conformed to his will. And, and that's what your struggle is. And, and I'm telling you, I understand. It's not easy to conform our will to his will. It's not easy to conform our plan to his will plan. Oftentimes, we're oftentimes trying to be led astray to plans that are not his plan. And seeking out his plan and working his plan without placing our own desires in the middle of it and choosing his will over our will it's not an easy thing, and it requires it requires spiritual maturity. It requires patience. It requires an a, a, a uh, abiding faith that God is in control and that He is He's guiding the ship. And just because He doesn't make huge corrections in the course of the ship all at once all the time doesn't mean He's not in control. He makes huge corrections every once in a while in our lives, but a lot of times. His corrections are gentle and slow, and they lead to the best place, although it seems like it takes a long time to get there. He says, those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of God. They shall stir, still bear fruit in old age. Notice there's a continual, once, once that character and that nature is, is built up in you, you continue to bear fruit. You're not like a tree that gets older and quits bearing fruit. You bear fruit. In fact, a lot of times you bear more fruit. The older you get, you bear fruit into old age. God uses people on 
on and on and oftentimes uses them to, to great benefit of those who are with them. He says, they shall be fresh and flourish. Notice there, even though they're old in age, they're their lives are still fresh and flourishing because they have hope. They have something that is eternal, that is beginning to up to eternal life. As, as they approach the end of their days, their lives are even better and more and more. I can remember a pastor saying to me, the 30s were far better than the 20s and the 40s were better than the 30s and the 50s were better than the 40s and, and the 60s were better than the 50s. And he says, the best is yet to come. And, and it is, the best is yet to come. He says, they shall be fresh and flourishing, declare, to declare that the Lord is upright. He is my rock, and there is no unrighteousness in him. And notice, we end understanding that there's a plan for us, and that plan is all the way up to the very end, uh, to the end of our days. And then at the end of our days, uh, we stand before him, and he is uh, he's the solid rock that has we've been standing on and been moving forward on all our lives, and then we're before him, and there's no unrighteousness in him. There's only his best. Wow, what a good psalm. That was a really good psalm, and it's a, it's a psalm for worship. And remember, a psalm for worship is a psalm that ought to lead you to a place where you see God and understand an aspect of God or understand a process of God that, that he's working. And really, that's what worship songs should do. They should teach theology. They should. Worship songs should teach truth. If they, if, they, if, they're, if they have something wrong with their theology, then usually they should not be sung. They're not worship. A worship song should carry you down a path that leads you to either an, an understanding of God or leads you to his throne room and his presence. And worship songs should have depth to them. They should have depth that teaches you things. And that's what this worship song does. It does. It teaches us truth. And As you go today, I pray that the Lord will bless you and keep you, that he'll make his face to shine upon you, and that he will give you hope and peace today in Jesus' name.